0: is 1.37 p.m stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture style music and sports hey everybody welcome back to open dialogue phil toronto here your faithful host today i have margaret a co-founder of three wishes cereal hey hey,
1: hey.
0: i didn't realize that i had to say something immediately after the intro i was like deadpan sorry that was me um can you tell our viewers and listeners what three wishes is
1: three wishes is a better for you cereal brand um and even beyond that we're a better for you brand that loves to take naughty things and put a twist on them and make them a-okay to eat again um and so right now it's a cereal and so we have about five flavors and they're all really good
0: (laughs) You, I assume do not have a favorite because that's the toughest question. I would.
1: Yeah, It's so funny. It's like, Oh, what's your favorite child? They changed week by week. So it's, it's, it's like, Oh, what are you feeling this week? Um, and cereal is one of those things that you're just like, you have a craving for a specific type of flavor. And we check those boxes.
0: Growing up. Were you a cereal person?
1: Okay, so I'm an immigrant and my parents had no concept of like healthy or unhealthy eating. Like McDonald's was a normal thing in our house, which is now as a parent awful. Um, and so my parents, we'd go down that cereal aisle and try everything. So I grew up eating horrible cereal um, and now feel terribly about it. But um, I yeah. love, yeah, it's fine, it's a little too late. But anyway, I loved honeycomb, I loved Pops, I loved Cookie Crisp, I loved all the like, it's dessert. I love
0: dessert for breakfast. Yeah. I was I was a corn pops fiend for a while. Um, mm-hmm. so totally get that. Um, so I mean, before you entered the cereal industry, what were you doing before? What led you to found this?
1: Yeah. So my husband and I have an ad agency in New York and we love building brand. And so we have the big clients like the Nestle, Diagios, Pepsi's, and then we have the small clients that would come to us with an innovation. And, like, that's it, just the idea. And we would build out the whole brand, the name, what it looks like, what it talks like, you know, what the in-store feeling is like. And that was the real, like, that was a lot of love. And so when we became parents, Ellis is now almost four. But when he was about six months old, um, we, as parents, started to realize that we had problems in our life we've never identified before. And by introducing new foods to him, the recommendation was cereal. And I looked at the aisle, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the same junk that was there when I was a kid and no one. Yeah. And no one's innovated in it. And so I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do something that's going to work for my family and all these other families. And cereal is also one of those things that it's like babies to grandparents, everyone loves cereal. And so we're like, all right, we, there's a big problem here. We need to solve it. And that's kind of what led us to go from building brands to building our own.
0: Amazing. And completely just take everything that you learned for the past few years while you were in the agency. That's so smart. And totally. I guess your own Kool-Aid, I, I the right phrase is escaping me, but that's what we're going to go with. Right. Um, <laughs> when, when did you officially found Three Wishes?
1: Yeah. So I like to say we did it when Ellis was six months old, which would have been 2017. Um, but it took us two years to develop the product. So we only launched in late 2019.
0: Got it. And did you launch with all five SKUs or did you just launch with one flavor?
1: No. So we launched with three, which is very fitting, I guess, for the brand, but we launched with a cinnamon, a honey, and an unsweetened. Um, And for us, the look we have, outlook on cereal is kind of like don't go and recreate. I don't need to do like matcha, avocado, Himalayan sea salt. Like (laughs) that's. okay cute um for us it was let's create something that people really love and is super familiar but just twist one thing and for us that's what it's made of and and kind of the rest we wanted to keep the same the experience the flavors the box the shape all of those things we kind of kept similar
0: and then what how did you come up with the name I I was actually That's actually
1: right, so we felt branding for ourselves was Actually, the worst experience. Like we over, you overthink every little detail, and you're in your own, you're in your own Kool Aid in this situation. And so we were, we trademarks and grocery are so difficult, and you'll find that it feels like every word and phrase you could think of is taken. And so we had a name before that, and now that I think about it, I'm glad someone else had it for like a coffee brand. And so. We were sitting at the Central Park Boathouse, which is where we got married. We're sitting outside, we're having a glass of wine. Ellis is just hanging in a stroller and we're like stumped. We can't think of it. And I turned to Ian and one of the things is when I was pregnant with Ellis, I hid my pregnancy on Instagram, didn't tell anybody. And then one day just popped up a photo and the hashtag was three wishes. Cause it was the three of us. And I'm like, Ian, three wishes. He's like, Margaret, there's not a shot on earth that name's available. Like That's so perfect. It's never going to happen. And he looks it up he's like whoa hold on it's available and i'm like i'm like you just register it for now get the instagram take it all like i want it um and it felt so perfect so for us it's the three wishing grads and it's the three claims and promises we bring to this category which are super exciting
0: that's awesome and the three promises and claims explicitly what are they of three wishes high
1: protein low sugar and it's grain and gluten-free
0: amazing. And how how did you decide on the actual branding of the boxes and everything and, and what the brand identity is? Like what was that process for you?
1: Yeah, so we looked at the cereal set as it is. So we thought about the first thing we attack in this whole game was let's go into where our demographic is. It's a healthier consumer. So we looked at retailers like Whole Foods and Sprouts and we looked at the cereal set. And so we're like, what is what's gonna stand out? What colors, what communication, what size? You know, what are the things we're gonna eliminate? So we thought, okay, characters, we don't want to be a juvenile product. Um, so let's rip the character. And character always also makes you think it's like sugary and unhealthy and, and luring you in somehow. And so drop the character. Everyone has a bowl and a spoon. I'm like tossing the bowl and spoon. So we have like, this these like groovy flying in the background things. And then the most important things were like, how do we communicate? We're healthy, we're innovative, we're new. Um, and so we just played around with a ton of concepts and came into this one that, you know, plays with a ton of color and it adds some flavor cues. And, um, and then we just tested it in shelf. And it's actually funny. We were at Whole Foods one time and I was placing mock-ups in the shelf. And you hear someone on their like walkie talkie in the background. They're like, cause I'm taking it out of my backpack and putting it back in my backpack. And they're like, I think she's like jacking something and i'm like <laughs> i'm like oh no God. i'm like no it'll be on your shelves but not yet um yeah. so didn't steal anything from whole foods but anywho that was it was, that was how we tested it was really That's a fun exercise the in the shelf and how the consumer reacts to it and we would just step back and watch people walk by see how they would look at it react to it we'd ask them questions um so we were those creepy people in whole foods
0: Oh, that's okay. I I feel like the number of your type of creepy people in Whole Foods is lower than than probably different subsets. So yeah. that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what was the recipe development process like? Like how how did you take it from where it started, and and how many different hundreds, if not thousands, of tweaks did you make along the way?
1: That's super accurate. It was hundreds and thousands of tweaks. Um. So creating something like cereal is super difficult. It's not something I can throw into my KitchenAid and just in the oven and crank out. Um, it requires super high tech machinery, really skilled labor behind it and knowledge of you know how to produce it. And so for us, we started with parameters. It was, what ingredients are we okay with? What ingredients are we not okay with? And then you start tweaking and changing suppliers and trying other, like you just, you start to eliminate variables and really land on what you love um, Then you play with shapes. And so it was constantly tweaking, but my biggest advantage was that I had a little kid at home who was an awful eater really like none of the branding marketing influencers, none of that matters to you know a one-year-old. And so for us it was constantly test with him. So we'd get a new batch, I wouldn't say a thing, i put it in a bowl. And if he would wake up the next day and be like, Mom, can I have that? Then my work was done. And so finally two years later, he he approved it. So my little QA, my little in-house QA, um no, but it was it was really for me He runs a tight ship. Oh, he runs a super tight ship. But for me, a the way I thought about it was you only have one chance to really make um, an impact on a consumer. Nobody's like, Oh, you know, I tried it. It was awful, but let me give them another shot. Um, and people
0: in so- like the goodness of people and they really tried hard. Nice. So- yeah.
1: No, so for us, I'm like, all right, I rather, even if it delays it six months, a year, whatever it is, I rather make sure whatever I put on that shelf, I'm super proud of. And more importantly, I wanted to put something on that shelf that if I left it and didn't do a dollar of media and didn't tell a single story that someone picked it up and they enjoy what's inside of it and want to buy it again. Um, and that was, that was kind of what helped our R&D get to where it was.
0: Amazing. I appreciate that. Kept in the family. So that's super important. I like, I like the ethos of the brand. It's, it's very strong. Um, once you had the recipe defined, how did you bring it to market? How did you approach that?
1: Yeah, so I think what's super important is letting people put their little touch on it is really, because once someone touches something, they feel invested in it and they want to help but succeed. And so while we were doing our recipe development, we started talking to buyers at that stage versus like bringing them something super ready. And so we would bring it to them. Okay, what do you think about the crunch? What do you think about the flavor? What do you think should improve? And everyone felt their own little, like they put their little zhuzh on it and and the feedback was pretty similar almost always. And so getting everyone to kind of put their little touch, once it was it was ready, they're like, oh, yeah, bring it in. And I'm like, yeah. great, we're ready. Um, yeah. but, but the way we looked at the market was, how do we think about cereal? Um, I don't think about it like Casper mattresses or where Parker glasses, where it's, you know, a cheaper mattress getting delivered to your door. So retail was super key for us. Um, and so it was, you know, the shelf space on the internet's limitless and retail is, is is a tight ship there. So we wanted to make sure we brought it to the right retailers that would get behind it and really help the brand shine.
0: And did you have, is there a retailer that was almost like North Star for you? Or it's like, well, once we get on the shelf there, it's like a personal unlock or like a check mark. Cause I think sometimes that that's the case and I have mine and I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, for us, you know, we up until not so long ago, we lived in Manhattan. We were your insert quintessential whole foods, mom and dad. And for us, that was the gold standard. And so we're super proud to be on their shelves.
0: That's awesome. And how do you how do you approach reaching the consumer themselves? Like where where are you where are you speaking with them? Like what what's uh, core to the brand? Like how do you approach that?
1: Yeah, so for us, uh, social is always a wonderful tool, and I think for people, they love having someone else's you know um, approval on it. So whether it's an influencer endorsing it or it's a review online. Um, and I think what's also interesting is retail is such a like key approval and what retailers you're aligned with. So, you know, we do our, our products in Erewhon. They're a, a retailer in LA that everybody, whether, you know, I mean, I feel like, by the way, you have to have like at least 15,000 influencers to walk through the door <laughs> and 15,000 followers uh, because everyone's an so, yeah. influencer. But no, but what's really fun is like, the, the brand of the retailer also impacts how people think about the product. And so making sure the adjacency is right is really important. So people trust that, okay, Erewhon curates a really great product or Whole Foods curates a really great product, um, I think gives people the leap of faith to try it. And it's also really important for us was to stand out in those retailers. So whether we can get extra facings on the shelf or end caps or any type of display that stands out to a consumer, um, that's great. And then pre-pandemic, the thing that really helped us convert as well was, demoing once someone tried the product i think when you think something's healthier there's a taste tax to it and you're afraid of yeah. oh, what if it tastes like the box it's made in um and so for us it was once we had you taste it we knew we had you converted um and so that was a really wonderful vehicle yeah. for us well
0: back to your point with the buyers where it's like it's as soon as you taste it and get involved and everything and there's probably buyers to this day that walk through the shelves and point i'll be like you know like at one point they made the crunch a little bit crunchier because I sent them an email. Hey. A lot of people don't know that, but you know, I know. Totally. Cool. cool, cool. So yeah. that's, that's super important. What, um, what led you to expand the SKUs and how do you think about SKUs in general for the cereal vertical?
1: Yeah. I mean, cereal is one of those, it's the longest aisle in the grocery store with the most amount of SKUs. It's crazy to think about it, but there are so many different flavors and it's such a Preference type of thing that we want to have an option for everyone. So, whether they're, you know, that cocoa eater or they like honey or a fruity type cereal or a cinnamon type cereal, we wanted to have those options for them. Um, And so we look at it like, all right, these are the top 10 selling cereals in America. Let's just tick them off and knock them off one by one and, and continue giving people what they love to eat. And so that was kind of how we looked at it. And so, in terms of future planning, it's continue to deliver those and then bring in some fun, limited time things with certain retailers to let people try something fun and new.
0: That's awesome what um without obviously revealing anything top secret but like what what else is in the pipeline in terms of other ways that you're gonna expand three wishes because I know you mentioned like it's cereal for now so that that's exciting yeah
1: obviously. so we look at three wishes we didn't go in saying oh healthy Os um it was let's create a platform brand that is a trusted brand we look at brands like kind and Annie's that have done a wonderful job whether you buy their granola bar or any other product they make you trust that it's the same core principles and so for us it was we picked great ingredients. We make sure you know we're certified and free of a bunch of things and and really deliver to the consumer at a certain price point as well. So all of these things are really conscious decisions. So we have some other non-serial innovation that we are not giving away any hints in, but um, it's it's really that same thing, how do you take something bad for you and make it good for you.
0: Amazing. And I guess this is more of a question back to the core founding team. Um, would you feel comfortable pushing a SKU live without a full 100% approval from Ellis?
1: Never in my life. He's, he's literally, he like lives for the UPS man. Cause he thinks it's like Santa Claus. Um, but the, the second those samples come in, I'm like, kid get in, yeah.
0: here,
1: <laughs> try this. Like, do you approve it? Um, and he approves it every time he approves it, it goes to market. So
0: makes sense. Seems like he has a really good hit rate.
1: Oh, he's a, it's a great
0: undefeated. That's amazing. Uh, one question before I let you go, where can we find you online?
1: So you can find us at 3 You can find us on Amazon, Thrive Market. If you're in the Northeast, Fresh Direct. Um, anywhere healthy cereals may be sold.
0: <laughs> great PSA. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this, Margaret.
1: Thank you. It was really fun. Totally.
0: Nailed it. It was great. Okay. Right, thanks. Cool.
1: Any other questions?
0: I don't know. Is there anything that you want me to ask, like plant or anything? Because I feel like you did a great job of working in anything that you kind of wanted. But that's that's I'm pretty good. much it. Whatever. We're, pretty, we're like a cool podcast. We're not like the other podcasts that are stodgy and stuff.
1: No, I'm what, any like I'm an open book. So if there's anything you're really curious about besides like my actual formula, like I'm yeah. a- <laughs> <right. there>
0: <laughs> No, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fun. Yeah, thanks for doing this. That
1: was so quick and painless.
0: Yeah. We try to we try to do that.
1: That was awesome.
0: This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.